I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. I've been in this game for years. It made me an animal. There's rules to the shit. I wrote me a manual, a step-by-step booklet for you to get your game on track, not your rig pushed back. Remember, you know, never let no one know how much dough you hold. Cause you know, the cheddar breed jealousy, especially if that man fucked up, get your ass stuck up. Hey, welcome to the Blackout Test Podcast. Your host, Rod and Karen. And we're in the house on a uh, Sunday. Yes, sir. Um, game seven Sunday. Uh, yes, three, it's been seven all weekend. Two NBA game sevens. Uh, yesterday we had three game sevens. Mm-hmm. I called them all correctly if you guys listen to the sports show. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm excited, man. I might not leave the house today because uh, it's all about these uh, NBA games. Um, but uh, we uh, also have a very special guest, um, somebody that uh, people love on the show. People check out the YouTube videos. I'm always promoting them on the Twitter and on our Facebook page, um, because I think they're hilarious. Uh, it's my man JL Covan from the Righteous Prick Podcast. You can find him at jlcovan.com, youtube.com slash jlcovan, and on Twitter at jlcovan, and it's C A U V I N. What's going on, JL? Uh, nothing much. Thank you for having me. No I am, uh, I'm excited to be here. No problem, man. We're glad to have you, man. Um, yes. what's, what's this I hear about you giving up um, movie reviews, possibly? It's, uh, <laughs> I think I, well, the problem is it's, I've, it's, it's, it's a weird thing. I just realized, I mean, I've been, you know, they get like a hundred views a week or so. Mm-hmm. And to me, not that I'm all about that. Cause I like reviewing movies and I might still do it sporadically just on my regular YouTube page, mm-hmm. but keeping it up week after week, especially when there's weeks where I legitimately don't want to see anything. Mm. It's just it feels a little bit wasteful, and then factor in also that I haven't seen a movie in a month, and I've lost twenty pounds, and I'm starting to feel like movie snacks might be my gateway drug. So if I'm if I'm like forcing myself to see a movie and just going, well, you know what'll make this this uh, Ryan Reynolds movie pass better? Some goobers, popcorn, and a soda. <laughs> I'm not helping anybody. <laughs> yeah, all right, I, that makes sense, man. Um... I don't want to give them up because I like doing them, but I think I may just kind of incorporate them into my, my other stuff so that I'm not expected to kind of have a weekly one just in case I don't feel like doing one or if there's nothing out. Okay. Yeah, I understand. I also think that um that affects critics' like uh, opinions going to see so many movies. Yep. Because right. you, you end up seeing so many shit movies that I think it can kind of like turn – it. Like you say, it turns into an obligation. I think sometimes you feel negative about a movie, and you're like, "I'm gonna <laughs> see this shit anyway," and then you almost have to trash it, you know? Right. And you you liked uh, Spider Man, the new Spider Man? Oh, I loved it, man. It was great. But see, I liked the first one too, though. So you know, I you know, I I'm I'm kind of predisposed to liking this uh, Andrew Garfield uh, version. Me too. Sure. Um, so do you like the Garfield better than the Tobey Maguire? Yeah, yes. I think it's Light Years better because, um, but more because, oh, wow. more because um, the they're actually uh, they've kind of re-upped it. Like I read the comic books, right? So I'm not just a guy who like watched the Fox TV cartoon version, and I'm and I want to see that shit. I don't I don't really care about that. But um, this sure. is ca- this is captured what they call the ultimate Spider-Man timeline, which is where it's kind of a reboot. It's more fresh. Peter Parker's not so nerdy and weak. 
um his you know the interactions that they have he has with uh gwen stacy and mary jane that they, they talk like like real people talk you know it's no you hit the jackpot sure. tiger and all that shit you know i'm gonna tell you right now you asked me to you asked me to tell you but you're breaking up a little oh, bit okay and i can't tell if that's a problem for other people all right give me one second i'm gonna call you right back yeah, I had to get ATT a call back. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. Me either, but they need to fix it. Yeah, let me uh see if this fixes it at all. Um, yeah, yeah, you there, JL? I am here. All right. How do we sound? Uh, better. You were right. It sounds uh, clear. Yeah, let me know if it happens again. We'll do it again. I um, will. But uh, yeah, I like this version better, man. He's like uh not a super duper ridiculously pandering nerd and he's uh and the and the the action in the spider-man suit is the best it's ever been just he's cracking jokes fighting around like it's almost hard to follow on the screen at the time and that's how it should be man when you're watching a superhero movie i don't you know no no offense to sam raimi i think he did a great job with the technology and the time that he had at the time but you know 2012 man i mean 2014 in some of the re- in some of the reviews I read, they uh, they said the action in this one is the best it's been. Mm-hmm. But I see I didn't really care for the first Andrew Garfield one. So I'm, you know, I, I remember Chris Lambeth wanted was like, hey man, we should go see Spider Man Two, and I was like, I don't know if I want to. And he goes, it's an event movie, man. And I said, <laughs> yeah, but I'm tired of Hollywood fooling me. But like, I need something more. I'm not saying you're wrong. It might be really good, and I'll 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 miss out. But part of me is just like, you know what? It's I can't keep falling for just just because Hollywood's like it's the event of the week and right. just going just for the hell of it. Yeah, yeah, they they, um. they they do that a lot, and I'm very particular <laughs> about what we see. So I understand because sometimes we might go a month without watching movies actually too because it was like dish we don't want to see none of this bullshit. Mm-hmm. And right. sometimes I can see it, and they were like, "It's better than Avengers." I'm looking like that's some bullshit. So I completely understand your perspective on that because everything can't be the Avengers. Yeah. Also, also, I feel like, like, um, there's a lot of critics that really don't enjoy these movies, At all. and it's really the safest movie to shit on. Like a uh, big budget movie, right. um, starring you know about comic books. If you like the same ten indie films at the end of the year that every other critic's gonna like, then there's no risk to going. This fucking movie sucks. You could. I saw reviews that said Captain America two sucked. You know, like I. I I don't know too many people that walked out of that movie and was like, wow, can't believe how bullshit that was. But it's like, maybe you're just going to like the next, I don't know, um, mud. Maybe you're going to like that and you're going to hashtag Chris Lambert. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, maybe they don't have enough young indie white women, um, in the movie to promote it. But, um, I I think people just shit on these movies sometimes and it's not needed. The, The new thing that people are doing that's pissing me off though. Um, shitting on a movie for being part of a franchise. I think that's stupid. Cause, like, we would never do that in hindsight. We would never be like, well, you know, Godfather 2 doesn't really wrap up all of the plot points that are going forward. Like, you know there's gonna be another one, so you almost have to wait for that shit to come out before you can completely shit what on movie another did you just say the movie fell out? Oh, movie God, you said. like say Godfather 2. Right? Uh huh. Like, in Godfather 2, um, like if they leave plot points open, but you know there's gonna be a Godfather three, I will like for me personally, I don't shit on Godfather two until I see what they do with the rest, and then I'm like, oh okay, well th- this is what sucked about that. 
Sure. You're break. I, I hate to do this. You're oh, breaking up again. No, nah, no, nah, hold oh. on. I'll call you right back. What the hell is wrong? I don't school? know, but they're gonna get a phone call from me. Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, let me call. I didn't upgrade for nothing. I know, man. This is like business class. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, hello, yeah. Hello. yeah, yeah, yeah. You there? I'm. Yeah, I'm. I'm here. I'm hoping it's not my connection that's doing it this. It might be Skype, baby. Did you want to shut all the way down? Um, maybe. I don't know. Is it still? It's still breaking up though, Jo. Right now. We're good. We're good now. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, but okay. For example, man, uh, Star Wars Two, right? The Empire Strikes Back. Um, yep. I feel like today's critic would be like, "Oh, they didn't really flesh out the relationship between Darth Vader as his father in this movie. We don't find out what happened to Han Solo. Uh, what's going on with R two D two? Like, I feel like that's how the review <laughs> would be written, and then it's like, well, there's a third fucking movie." So can we like, right. you know, acknowledge that they're going to continue to talk about this shit cuz people shit on these movies for being part of a franchise and I think that's unfair. I think I think the comic book movies though are are due for a, a little bit of backlash though because for instance when I think of how many movies they've got planned and I think to myself like Okay, you did a nice thing with Thor as an example. Like Thor was fine, mm-hmm. but I don't need any more Thor movies to be honest. Like I don't, and I know there's going to be a third one, but like that's an example. I'm like, okay, why don't you just leave Thor to the Avengers now? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, like Thor, the the Thor two, I didn't find particularly. I mean, I thought it was kind of funny. I appreciate, like, I didn't think it was bad, but I thought it was kind of like useless to be honest. Mm-hmm. And if they're going to do that with all of them. It's going to start feeling very sort of like, oh, good God, I get it already. Like, two men, like, you know, but meanwhile, like, something like Captain America 2, I thought was maybe my favorite of all these movies, including the Avengers. Right. So, but if they don't do that Thor 2, then they don't do that Captain America 2. So it's almost like, yeah, I take the good with the bad. Yeah. I, uh,. I'm just sad there's going to be... See, I think, the mo- for me, the most underrated of all these that never gets talked about, I like the Ed Norton Hulk. Yeah, I did, too. I enjoyed enjoy that one a lot, but there's not going to be any more Hulk movies because it's just too easy. And that's yeah. what I said about Captain America, too. Once the Hulk did his thing in the Avengers, it was like game on to me. It was like, now all you do is call up the Hulk when shit goes south. Right. And... Now I'm looking at Captain America, like, beating up 10 guys. I'm like, wow, that's so impressive for a regular dude. But the Hulk would rip that whole fucking building apart. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, at this point, just, it's like LeBron James playing on an eighth-grade basketball team. Like, there might be a talented dude on that team who's headed to college one day to play D1. But if LeBron James is dunking on eighth-graders, you just give him the ball every time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It, yeah, there's definitely an element of that to the Incredible Hulk, for sure, because... Um, he's also, un- he's like Superman, but with anger problems, cause no one can beat him. <laughs> you know? And he can't fly. Yeah, even, and like, that's the thing, I can't name any good Hulk bad guys, cause none of them have ever kicked his ass. Like, no. you, you know, all the other heroes, I can kind of be like, oh, remember that time that, uh, the Green Goblin, like, beat up Peter and, like, killed his girlfriend? Oh yeah, I remember that. Remember that time that, uh, so-and-so did, what you, what you call it, the Wolverine, but, with the Hulk, it's just like, yeah, and then, then, then the Hulk beat the shit out of that dude for 20 minutes. <laughs> I say in Hulk 2, make him an MMA fighter. <laughs> oh, another tap out. Oh, he's not stopping. <laughs> 
um now uh speaking of uh speaking of uh fighting here uh jl uh have you heard about the latest comedian fight um looks like Uh-oh. kevin hart is getting into it with mike Epps. Uh, you know I, I hope you know i have i'm excited about this uh unfunny on unfunny crime because <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'm kevin hart somebody and i was laughing reading the the the, the tweets between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Although I like it, you know me. I'm all for out in the open. You know, let's do this. Let's 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 stop the 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 the, the bullshit ass kissing uh, in the industry sometimes. And like I said to somebody the other day when I heard about this, I said, let's hope it ends like Tupac and Biggie, because <laughs> um, the world needs a less unfunny. Uh, <laughs> My thing is Kevin Hart, for all, for all the shit talking I do, Kevin Hart I actually find amusing in several, you know, in movies. Mm-hmm. He's been in more than one movie that I've enjoyed him in. But I'm not a big fan of his stand-up. But that's fine. He's doing something. I think he's contributing overall a net positive to humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Epps is a dude I've never found fucking funny at all. Like, mm-hmm. I don't get it. I don't get how that dude, he's got 3 million Twitter followers. I'm like, how? Like, why? <laughs> what is he saying that's funny ever? <laughs> yeah, Mike Epps for me, man, is like, um, I found some of his stand-up funny, but it's in such an like awkward, weird way that I don't know that it can be replicated by anybody else. And I also don't know that I'm necessarily... um you know, uh, if I'm getting it the way he wants me to get it, but I normally find the shit funny about him that he didn't write down as a joke. And I don't know if that's what he wants. Uh-huh. So maybe that's the wrong way to look at it. Chuck Spears says my volume dropped drastically. Oh yeah. 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 Going. I turned, I was talking quietly. Yeah. I turned his volume down some Chuck Spears cause it was coming to kind of pitchy on my side. Are you guys still able to hear him? Um, All right, Randy Jackson, you know, hey, I gotta, uh, little pitchy bag. Gotta do, gotta do my thing on the fly here, man. Yeah, you know, make that sure that, Salto just right. Yeah, gotta make sure we get everything right. If, uh, I probably said that wrong. Yeah, if it's, uh, falsetto, my bad. If it's too quiet, let me know, guys. I'll turn it, I'll turn it up a little bit and make sure that, uh, we can hear JL. But, um, okay, better now, I guess. All right, cool. Um, so, uh, this other thing you're doing, man, um, you're doing the rape joke survivor, uh, video. I watched it on uh youtube um what's the feedback on on that like um the feedback obviously from comedians as with a lot of my stuff has been you know pretty much a hundred percent like good finally this is this is kind of making an appropriate satire of course the joke is not on rape victims right the joke is on the people who equate rape jokes with rape and and this whole kind of and and this can probably be a leading because I know you posted about the, the Game of Thrones mm-hmm. uh, rape scene, but I the feedback's been good. There have been a couple negative comments, but but to be fair, if I can, unlike Louis C.K. fans, the 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 rape culture kind of critics have been much more civil in their mm-hmm. critiques, which is odd. You'd think they'd be more more angry than Louis C.K. fans at an impression. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's been it's been largely good. I know uh, one of the comedy websites, Laughspin, shared it, but Huffington Post uh, declined to share it, which mm. I found it funny that they didn't, which I'm okay with. Uh, but then later that day, there was a new big blog post on, like, HuffPo Women's or something about rape culture and rape jokes. And I was like, can't you at least give me a link? Right. You clearly were inspired. <laughs> 
can you at least just post my video? Even say I'm I'm the new face of rape joke Al Qaeda. Like, <laughs> just just put it there so I can get the clicks. Okay, I'm trying to get you know tens of dollars from Google. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of fucked up too because um, Huffington Post posts everything. Yes, they do. You know, like what do you what what gets submitted to Huffington Post that they don't? Did they be like, that, mm, nah. like what does it take to get rejected from Huffington Post? Um, and it's like, oh, this, it's too funny and poignant. So we're going to have to take this off. But there's so many articles where it's just like, here's my 10 favorite things about my toes. And you're like, that shit got published. Right. Well, and that's the thing about it is I think, you know, they've shared videos of mine in the past, so I'm not trying to be, but I, you know, the, the comedy Academy videos, I think put me on like a watch list for a lot of these co- like sites. Mm-hmm. Um, fair or unfair, but I, I, you know, I at least understand it. But oh, you top this, uh, this video I thought would have been even just a good conversation piece. Like I don't know why people are averse to, you know, most people seem to want clicks on their website, and my videos have generally been good clickbait. Not that they're produced for that effect, mm-hmm. but that's kind of a, a benefit, I guess, of of making them. But you know, I understood. I, I I wasn't sure how offended people would be by the video or not, but it seems that most people have found it, you know, to be funny and, I, you know, slightly edgy satire without going into the full-on vulgar. Right. You know, so I'm happy with it. Yeah, I don't think uh, – that's the thing. I watched it, and I was um, going to pretend to be outraged, but I didn't find it outrageous ah. enough to even, mm-hmm. like – I felt like if I would have just started drumming it up, like, oh my God, this motherfucker's out of control. People would have been like, I watched it and it was a kind of a nuanced take on the, the, the comedy culture and blog <laughs> culture. So I didn't do it, but, um, I did watch it and thought it was, um, hilarious. Um, you were talking about, um, the Game of Thrones thing. And I do yeah. think, I do feel like the idea of rape is, something that people are trying to avoid in any type of fiction mm-hmm. and it's becoming this weird thing where it's like like you said if you make a joke about it then it's like well well you need to like warn everyone first you need to write it in the flyer right. you know you need to pass a transcript of the joke and make sure it's approved by everyone in the audience like um game of thrones had right. a scene and we talked about it on the show a while back but game of thrones had a scene where jamie lannister uh in my opinion, rapes Cersei Lannister, his sister. Um, now that's not too out of character to me because they're horrible fucking people. So, right. <laughs> you know, I, it, it wasn't like, oh no, they betrayed this, the trust of this character. Exactly. I was like, he, he killed, he tried to kill a little boy in like episode one. Yeah. I feel like he's a bad he's guy. Got four kids with his sister. <laughs> right. Doesn't right. he? Yeah. Doesn't he have like a whole for Brady bunch with his sister? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Right. So and that's, that's to me, like to me, the reason when I saw that scene, cause I was, re- I was actually surprised to see outrage the next day, like big mm-hmm. posts, because to me, all I thought was, I, I, I would admit that I wasn't surprised or like shocked. Like I've been, I've seen, you know, graphic scenes in mm-hmm. shows before and be like, oh my God, that's the worst. Mm-hmm. But in this show, this isn't making me like desensitized to rape. It's made me desensitized to the Lannisters. Right. Yeah. Like, right. They're horrible. They murder people. They they have an incestuous relationship. All their kids are from incest. Mm. Like it's they're disgusting. So like I just viewed it as another logical 
kind of uh, continuation of their characters. Not like, oh, I guess I don't give a fuck about rape anymore. Right. Like, yeah. No, it had nothing to do with that. It's like it's more like I have no faith in the Lannisters ever doing anything good. So yeah. I was surprised that it became like a big thing. And I'll admit, when I was watching the show, I wasn't like, oh my god, I can't believe he's doing this. Mm-hmm. I was just like, yeah, that seems about right. Right. Yeah. I just <laughs> just because they're terrible, not because I'm like right. now I'm part of the rape culture acceptance no. problem. Yeah, I, yeah, I watched it and I was like, that's a rape. Yes. That was it. We just went to the next scene. I was like, well, he raped her and now uh, I guess it's time for the next scene. And so it was weird to me to hear people go, um, well, it's not a rape. That was the part that was weird because I was uh, like, why do you like, why do you care so much that it needs to not be a rape? Because it clearly looks like one. Mm-hmm. Um, I posted this on my Facebook page because like a rape and feels like a rape. It's a rape. Right. Because, like, I posted this on my Facebook page, man, and uh comedian like Mike Lawrence, friend of the show, he was like, well, he only got one hand, so he couldn't pin her down. And I was like, I guess he's joking. Um <laughs> I was like, well, you know, uh still look pretty rapey to me if, like, if a dude told me, yo, I totally nailed this chick last night, and I'm like, oh, word, what happened? And then he was like, yeah, man, like, she was like, no, don't, it's not right. And I just, like, held her down and fucked her. I'd be like, dude, that sounds like a rape to me. It sounds like sexual assault. That That's not, you know, that didn't sound yeah. too no, cool. No, but it's not, it's not because... I, I pulled out and came on her dead son's body. So, you know, I did a classy way. Yeah, so the dead son was right there. So yeah. it was totally, you know, we totally handled it properly. Right. Uh, no, 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 it's not rape. I only have one hand. Oh, okay. My bad. I didn't realize that. Uh, but, yeah, I just thought that that was, like, a weird thing for people to say. But um, I, I, I do, too. And also, mm-hmm. for me, I think, especially being a woman, because this is something me and Roger talked about. You're watching something that's all fantasy. It's you, you, these people are immersing you in their world. You'll get mad about mm-hmm. dragons. You'll get mad about witches, warlocks, all this other uh, stuff. And it's one of those things where people rape people in the backgrounds of fucking scenes of this show all the time. People take ass and pussy all the time. And it's just one of those things where I think that for a lot of people... They just wanted to find a reason to be outraged, but the funny part is that you're going to watch next week. Well, well, for the uh, record, for the record, the reason they're mad is because in the book it doesn't read as rapey as in the the scene. And then, like a dumbass, the director came out and was like, "Yeah, it wasn't a rape." Well, he probably should have just been like, "Y'all probably going to be mad about this." So, uh, yeah, that was just a very hard scene to film. Um, you know, it was. It's, it's, we leave it up to the audience to interpret or something like that and just leave it alone. Cause as soon as he came out and was like, it looked consensual to me. I was like, fuck, no. we're going to have to have this debate yeah. for the next two the weeks. The thing I would say about that scene is that I, cause I watched the episode twice, not because of this, but I was just rewatching it with mm-hmm. somebody and they had, it, it felt like she was definitely against it because a, her dead son was there and right. Jamie was definitely, you know, turning it into a power thing. It was not love making. It was not love. It was a power thing, which they always say is what rape is about. So it clearly starts from that kind of perspective. Mm-hmm. And the only question is, if you want to defend the other side or play devil's advocate, is that does she eventually give in to the feelings that she's kind of intentionally fighting, like she's trying to keep him at bay? Mm-hmm. Now, is she trying to keep him at bay because it's completely inappropriate and she doesn't want any part of it? Mm-hmm. Or is she using 
her sexuality as power against him, mm -hmm. and then eventually kind of she stops protesting. But I'm okay with somebody obviously thinking it's rape. I would At put my vote in the rape category. Yes. Right? But I can, that's the only way I could see somebody kind of going, you know, if she was using it as a power struggle too, and they had this relationship, and then she kind of stops fighting, does that indicate she's now kind of, you know, giving in to what she really wants, or is she just giving up the fight? You know, and that's, well, that's, that's to me, that is, uh, failing on the director's part and maybe even the actor's parts. Cause mm -hmm. like there's ways to illustrate that. And they just like, I, I can't tell if they just cut away too early or what, but there's just, a, they don't right. have that moment. Like they just need a moment. E even if it was like her hiking her skirt up or, you know what her putting her hand behind his head or something like there's no right. like ambiguous moment of like, okay, that kind of was creepy, but it looks like she was cool with it at the end. Right. They just cut away and you're just like, I guess that dude's a rapist now. Yeah, All right. Well, he, he raping them back to more evil motherfuckers doing evil shit in the next scene. It's not even like, yeah. you know, some, some huge difference, man. Um, yeah. all right, man. So yeah, uh, that was a rape. Everybody calm down. It's fine. It was, um, it was people were like, I can't believe he did it. I was like, he's made up. He, yeah, he's a piece <laughs> of shit. He's a fictional person. He's not real, y'all. Um, JL, did you buy any chance? Oh, I haven't even introduced the show. It's the Blackout Tips, uh, blackouttips.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Podomatic, the Blackout Tips. Um, uh, we're sponsored by adamandeve.com. Go to adamandeve.com, put in a code TBGWT. You get 33%. I mean, you get, uh, half off of one item plus free shipping plus three extra free uh, uh, DVDs plus a sensual gift. I can't even mention on the radio. All you gotta do is put in TBGWT and you get, uh, free shipping. Um, so treat yourself and treat your vagina, um, uh, very well. Um, you know, that way you won't have to ever just go out there and rape your sister. You can, uh, treat yourself and you don't have to do that stuff. Um, the official weapon of the show is the taser, an unofficial sport. It's bullet ball and bullet ball extreme. Mm -hmm. Um, I was watching some of the White House correspondence dinner last night. Which is, uh, -huh. uh, pretty much, uh, President Obama doing 20 minutes, um, of stand up and then, uh, or roast humor, not really stand up. And then, um, he's getting, and he's getting more comfortable. He's getting like, he made a couple race jokes and shit this year. He <laughs> so, was, was like, y'all can't vote me out. Right. Like I, I kind of enjoyed it. Um, he's getting better reading the jokes off the cards and his timing has always been pretty good, I think. Um, and uh he's maybe picking, he can take Ferguson's place. It may be, man. Um if no the strangest thing ever. <laughs> you know, I, I I in my mind by year eight, Obama just comes out with a stool and a cigarette and a wireless mic. Drinking whiskey. Right. And just does his set. Like, cause he's getting so comfortable where you can just tell he's like, You can't vote me out now, bitches. Watch this. Um so he, and what's he gonna see? My thing is what's he gonna do? Is he gonna play more to a traditional almost white comic and be suit and and not a lot of animation is he going to come out with a towel because he's sweating so hard on stage <laughs> and he's to he's working for the people and he's dab, dab his forehead every 10 minutes into his set <laughs> me, that's the sign if i was going to tell somebody here's how you know somebody's a re and i don't mean this racially because right. like you know hannibal burris is black and a great comic and is not delivering that but a real kind of old school black comic even if they're young Towel on the shoulder. They come out of John Thompson. <laughs> ready, ready. Ready, to, ready to work for the people. 
That's like yes. the, that's the telltale sign of what kind of show you're gonna see. Oh, it, it is. I'm gonna start just carrying a towel to confuse people. <laughs> hey, what kind of show are you here for? This guy looks Italian. I thought he was gonna tell us about uh, you know what he hates about the new America. <laughs> Coming out to uh, Dead Prez's hip hop, um, yes. hip hop beating shit. <laughs> Um, yes, and could you imagine him sitting on the stage smoking and drinking, blowing to my, oh, that Obamacare, you know about that damn Obama, <laughs> folks. I, I'm waiting on him to talk about, like, Sasha and Malia. That's when yes. I, that's when the shit will get real. When real, he's like, real. Let's talk about my kids, man. Like, I, I was waiting on Rock some of that. Uh, I hate my kids, okay? Yeah. They, uh, <laughs> they really me. It's tough. The president, you asked me to do homework? Well, thank you. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm, I'm sad I missed the correspondence dinner, though. I, 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 I didn't see it last night. I'll probably just watch it on, on replay. But I, I loved it, I think, two years ago. I think it was two years ago when he came out to the Hulk Hogan song, mm-hmm. I Am a Real American, with yes. Donald Trump and his birthday bullshit just sitting right there. That was... Ah! It wasn't necessarily presidential, but it was the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen a president do. Dude, when he, that, that, the joke where he called out Trump, um, was so ridiculous and so good. And then the next night was the finale of Trump's show, uh, I forget what it's called, um, The Apprentice. Mm Mm-hmm. And President Obama interrupts that shit because he killed Bin Laden. Yes, so now the finale of this show that everyone's been waiting on is interrupted. <laughs> and not only did he like interrupt it, he was like 45 minutes late doing his speech. So like <laughs> everyone was just cutting into the show and you could have been watching the show. There was no fucking reason to interrupt that fucking show. But it's just people like we expect the president to be out sometime in the near future yeah, uh, with a empty podium. major announcement. We don't know what it will be, but it will be something um, major it looks like yes uh and uh fuck that show we're just gonna have you guys watch this empty mic until it was the it was gets here. it was probably my favorite 24 hours of president presidenting uh in my lifetime man and that includes uh like everything with clinton bush everything because the other part of it that was beautiful is this was like a week after he showed his birth certificate to the world so i was at a all-time low like these motherfucking white people right got us showing birth certificates he's the most powerful man in the land you can't get this job being born in kenya what kind of fucking long ass long game conspiracy is this ah. and i was so pissed that week and then he he hits donald trump with the jokes Bust the, uh, the, the Bin Laden thing interrupts the apprentice. And I said, this dude is my president hands down. So I yeah. fuck with him. Um, that's, it's, uh, he is, he is a cool, he is an icy cool customer, which is, you know, I think mostly a good thing for the mm-hmm. president to be not maybe a, it's not a good thing for a politician to be, mm-hmm. yeah. but it's a good thing for a president to be, I think. But unfortunately, those two things are linked. So right. his lack of kind of common touch that Bill Clinton had so well mm-hmm. has hurt him in polls because, you know, now everybody wants the president to be your best friend and like you. And it's like, what? Yeah, that <laughs> kind of that. Yeah, that's more about uh, Americans and our own like hubris like we everyone thinks they're so fucking important mm-hmm. and you know i want a president i could drink a beer with i don't I like don't I, I want a president that i go leave that guy alone he's doing something important and we all sneak by him on our way out to get a beer like that's the kind of dude that i want running my country not the dudes like hey let's get hammered shots motherfuckers like that dude should not be i've worked <laughs> with that dude that dude's job is never right like fuck that shit mm-hmm. 
everything's late he's always right. wrong he'll be telling secrets and shit i'm i'm, I'm going overseas next week y'all <laughs> come on now right no fuck around and get shot oh man but um joe McHale uh was the guy who was the the uh i don't know headliner is that what you would call him in (laughs) (laughs) yeah like i was trying to come up with a better term but i was like i guess you know the president is like the the middle act and then uh this there's the the president's the feature and uh the the other guy's a headliner every year because they go last um so joe McHale was a headliner and for people that watch the soup um that kind of are used to his style which apparently I found out last night I'm one of the few people that still watch The Soup. So that was a little sad. I love The Soup. Yeah, nobody understands my chicken tetrazzini tweets or my <laughs> ah, some, some people weren't liking it. <laughs> apparently it's not going over too well or he'll go or hell come. But um apparently um people weren't feeling him because he did his like soup thing and just went in on everybody like because that's what they do on the soup i mean he he roasted them like to the point where it was like uncomfortable laughter in the room and then all of twitter was just like i don't know if i like this dude why is he being so mean i was like this is his style man like i want to see that like go go in you're never gonna come back just go in never gonna come back right yeah, he, he was literally like, either way, good job or bad job, you don't come back. Right, so. right. Like, it, and that's, a, that's, bad. that's it, my comedy philosophy. <laughs> yeah, I I felt like he burned a lot of bridges, but they're po- politicians. You know what I mean? <laughs> like he gives a fuck. like who gives a fuck? Um, he he went in on Chris uh Chris Christie for like a long time, um, and yep. with with a couple jokes that I was just like, Jesus Christ, man, why'd you show up? Um, and I knew it was going to be good because a lot of movie stars that were supposed to like be invited decided to bow out this year. And I was like, yeah, cause that's his yeah. thing. That's, and they knew that and they was like, I'm out. <laughs> that's what he does is talk <laughs> shit about movie stars. And they were like, Oh, Joe McHale. Yeah. Uh, maybe next year we'll come back and check this out. But, um, yeah, I thought he, I thought he was, uh, I, I enjoyed him, but it was very cringeworthy. Like, uh, I, I can't wait to hear. What, uh, this week in podcast with like other comedians think about it. Cause, um, I think it was brave and bold, even if it wasn't necessarily the funniest shit. It was definitely the hardest hitting right. shit. But, uh, I feel like, you know, we'll see what comics think, uh, this week. The best, the, to me, the best one of all time now, the ball for all balls kind of award was Stephen Colbert. Mm. Do you remember that one? On oh, George oh, W. Bush. I don't necessarily think, because I'm one of those people who kind of thinks comedy's comedy, but, you know, respect the presidency at the same time, Republican or Democrat. But what Colbert did was so balls out of his pants on the table, in character, it was was like, I knew it wasn't the most respectful, but it was so good. It was so, like, I mean, it was just, when he said, like, lines like, you know, Mr. President, you and I are, are strong conservatives, and we believe the government that governs least governs best. And by that measure, you have established an incredibly strong government in Iraq. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and Bush couldn't even smile. Like, and Colbert just kept going. Like, just, yeah. and he just he just destroyed. The, the Republican Party, like, that, that was amazing. That hug at the end of that, you know, the handshake hug they had to do at the, cause you walk past the people when you get off of the, uh, dais or whatever. Mm-hmm. So awkward. I, like, I had right. that moment where I'm like, is he gonna hug him or, 
Are they just gonna have Secret Service put him under arrest? And then he ran. Oh. Right, yeah, and he yeah. just ran and never stopped running. <laughs> he, he had to. I just think, yeah, I, and I'm one of those people who like, I think Bush was, was a, a poor president. Mm-hmm. And I still don't think he's a bad human being. Right. I always think people, like, I feel like he was out of his depths and surrounded by people with strong, evil agendas. Mm-hmm. But I still don't think he's, like, a bad person. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, like, you know. Yeah, I, I kind of feel. That's I, my one pro-Bush comment of the day. Nah, I, I kind of I feel the same way, man. I think his his presidency might have been very destructive and very hypocritical, you know, looking at, like, the way that the rhetoric that was surrounding his presidency and then what actually happened with all the spending and all the fucking uh, warmongering and all this shit um, and, like, kind of putting the country in a really bad situation on his way out. But, like, as a dude, like, he's the opposite of Obama. Like, yeah, that dude probably does want to drink a beer with you and, like, hang out and watch the game or whatever the fuck. Like, that dude seems more like you which is why i don't want to see that kind of person in office where i'm like that no that dude is gonna like farm his work out to the real evil people and then show up on monday like right. what, the, what the fuck did we do invade iraq oh man i probably should have <laughs> probably should have stayed stayed and worked a little extra friday huh oh. um all right man so the correspondence dinner was great uh it, but like i said a little bit cringy um also uh, Norm McDonald is being rumored to take the Late Late Show. Have you heard about that? Oh, really? Mm-hmm. No, no um, thought. No thoughts on Norm. Well, I think I think he's very funny, and I think he's quirky enough because that's what I like about the late the late late spots is that that's where you can kind of have your little quirkier offbeat comedy, and I think he'd be great. I'm not like that. I think would be a fine choice. I still, my bet is still on my prediction of Chelsea Handler. And I don't care what they say or she said. I think this is a chance to make a splash with a woman. Mm-hmm. You know, so you get those kind of, you don't put your franchise show, the late show, in the, t- in the hands of like a test. Mm-hmm. But the late, late show, she already has a loyal following. She's going to keep some viewers from Colbert and from Ferguson. I think they go with that because then they get nothing but positive headlines for, for, for branching out beyond white, white, you know, white men. Well, I, I mean, after you call Colbert correctly, man, I feel like I have to give you the benefit of the doubt, man. So. Well, and then Ferguson quit. I said, I think Ferguson yeah. wanted, like, like, he had the right of that, so now he's going to realize there's nothing left, so he's going to quit. And then he just, he just announced he's leaving in December. Yeah, that's what, yeah, that, so that's why uh, they're saying that, um, uh, CBS is allegedly considering Joe McHale, um, Neil Patrick Harris, and Amy Schumer. So, uh, oh, wow. Yeah, they say they aren't considering Norm McDonald, but he wants it. I would love to see Norm McDonald do it because I think he's fucking hilarious. The only thing I worry about, though, is, you know, there's all kinds of rumors that he's, like, notoriously unreliable. And right. to do something like a show that comes on four or five days a week, Every week of the year, like, uh, you, you can't really, uh, you can't Side, be, I'm not showing up today. Yeah, you have to be reliable. You don't have a choice. So, and I think, I think shows like that, people always kind of want their, their favorite funny person. But I think a show like that, you, you don't have to be vanilla, but you need to be able to give ground to the guest and let the guest and the segments be the star some of the time. Whereas a guy like Norm McDonald, I feel like, is such a funny person, but such a, 
it's going to be about his kind of humor and his personality that sometimes, you know, you know what I mean? Like, whereas Colbert yeah. I see as someone who can be about himself, but then also be a very good interviewer and, you know. Yeah. So yeah. we'll see. He's, he's done some. Amy Schumer would be interesting. That's that. Talk about a, a, a meteoric rise. Yeah, she came out of nowhere, kind of like just boom. She hit the scene, ground running. I was doing shows with her, bringer shows and open mics with her from like 2004 to 2006. And then from 2006, I was like Palm Pilot and she was like the iPhone. (laughs) (laughs) That went on those trajectories. (laughs) It's just so weird to see somebody like that's not a lot of time to be like eight years ago. We were doing the same open mics and the same bringer shows. And in those eight years, you did Last Comic Standing, Montreal. Uh, you had your own show on Comedy Central. You've been a star of the roasts. Mm-hmm. And I made a Louis C.K. video. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, do you think it's because uh, people are just like Comedy Central and, and the fans and stuff are kind of like wanting more like diversity and different voices in their comics? So some people are kind of getting the quote unquote affirmative action of like, hey, we need a woman comic in this area. We need a black comic over here so let's get key and pill we need this and that do you feel like that's kind of arbitrarily helping people rise um i think in key and peel's case yes mm. uh in amy schumer's case i think she is her comedy is very much kind of sarah silverman-esque as far as her stand-up like i think that's got to be one of her inspirations because it's very like misdirection a little bit sec- a lot of sexual humor and a lot of misdirection like you thought I was going to say something sweet but I just said something filthy mm. but her sketch I've been very impressed by the show I don't think every sketch is a home run but I watch every week because I know there's going to be at least something I like which is which is all you can really ask for a half hour sketch show that I'm right. going to enjoy at least one thing if not more mm-hmm. and I feel like it's I like it because it's there's some female-centered humor for sure. Mm-hmm. I, do you watch the show? No, I have not watched her sketch show. There was, there was a great sketch, and it kind of went under the radar, um, about her playing Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. And so her, her boyfriend, you know, in the sketch is playing Call of Duty, and she asks to play. So she picks the female character. And you don't see the screen, but the female character's journey is not about, like, military. She gets, like, sexually assaulted by a commander. <laughs> and then, like... It's all trying to prove that she was, like, assaulted and, like, all the red oh, tape. And, like, man. so her video game experience is totally different. It was brilliant. Right. And it was women-centered. But yeah. it wasn't, like, not every sketch is, like, it's, like, yes, I'm a woman and I have certain perspective. But then there's other things where I'm making fun of, like, you know, Manhattan chicks who are full of shit, which right. I love. And then there's other sketches that have nothing really to do with being a woman mm-hmm. except she is a woman. So it's, like, I think it's... It's a great example of here's a funny woman who brings her fun, her perspective, her experience, but also is able to just be funny across the board and not right. just be like, I'm pounding you over the head with my message, with my, right. yeah. you know, with my purpose in comedy. <clears throat> yeah, there's a little bit of that, but it comes organically. It's not like, you know what I mean? It's not like, well, how does this sketch affect women? And how right. does this bring my yeah. perspective to, to bear which is so I think I don't know how she'd be as a late night host. I think that's a big risk to just make somebody a late night host because they have a good sketch show like true you know nothing against her obviously right. I just sang her praises for five minutes but like I don't know that you want to hand over a, a late night show 
to somebody who's never done something like that. And that's and, the only thing. That's that's what I would say. And and I and I think to me, I understand people talk about the diversity, but the I think to me at the end of the day, the issue is almost like going into the job market. If nobody gives women the opportunity to like have more stand up shows and have more, like you say, um, their own shows, like most of those are with dudes. And I understand that uh, comedy is mostly males, but it's like when people are looking for these people, a lot of times women are funny, but they don't have the experience that they're asking or requiring. So it's 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 it's, sure. fun, it's funny how people go well you know, it should be more women, which I agree. But at the same time, it starts from the bottom up when it comes to something like that. Like women needs the opportunity to be trained and groomed <laughs> for these positions also. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I, I think, that, yeah. That's one of those. Oh, sorry. I, I was just going to say, um, I think like, uh, it kind of reminds me of the Shazir's Zamata stuff where they were like, they need a black woman on SNL. They haven't had one in X amount of years. And, uh, Kenan Thompson kind of got in trouble for basically being like, I don't know. The ones they're looking at must not be good enough or, you know, they would hire them. And, um, he, they were, everybody was like, well, he thinks black women aren't funny. And it just turns out like, no, that they, they, cause he's the one who kind of started this by being like, I'm not putting on a fucking dress again. Mm -hmm. So you guys going to have to hire a black woman or one of these other dudes going to yeah. put on a dress. And nobody gives him any credit for that. It's just that he goes, you know, cause it is his boss he's talking about. Um, he's like, you know, we definitely, you know, they, they just need to look at some different people or, you know, whatever. And I, and my, my thing was kind of like Karen says, but, um, in certain industries, you have to groom the people you want. Right. Mm -hmm. So if it, if it is important to you, you'll groom it. Like, you know, I've worked in different corporations and they, if they want certain things, they're like, okay, we want to start having more diversity. So we want more people of different ethnicities in our management program. Then they'll go out and they'll start getting kids from college to yes. be like, okay, we're going to groom you into our corporate, coach, corporate culture. So by five years from now, when you're a fucking assistant manager or a manager of a department, you'll, you'll be completely in tune with our values here. I don't think there's any reason that Saturday Night Live couldn't, can't do that. And I think that's what they're doing with Shazir Zamata. Um, I do think it's weird though, the other way around when it's just like Jezebel or some blogger or something going, Here's ten women oh, I know. Comes up with a list of twenty women. Right. That yeah. like eighteen of these chicks have no. Fr now you're diminishing the five women on your list yes. who are who are qualified by being like, hey, she runs a podcast and like <laughs> once did stand up. So like, I think it's time for her fresh face to be on network TV <laughs> on a on a nightly basis. What the fuck are you talking about? Yes. It you know what I mean? Like that's you diminish the qualified by all by bringing in like names that aren't qualified yes, right. because yes. you have an agenda of like we just need to you know this reminds me and that's the thing because there's a lot of you know there's shock of shocks there's a lot of white comics on facebook what and a lot of the time <laughs> they kind of go with that simple argument of and i to a certain extent i agree with it you know funny is funny right. we don't need to, like diversity doesn't need to be a uh, 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 a component of finding funny and from my perspective, as a you know a biracial you know thirty five year old, I agree because I like different perspectives. I appreciate different perspectives. So like yes, if a woman makes me laugh, I'm kind of double laughing because I'm like, hey, that doesn't happen that often for me. <laughs> so I'm very impressed there. But I see different voices: uh, Asian, gay, black, Latin. Well, not as many Latin. If I can show yeah. my George Lopez, uh, <laughs> but. 
No, I mean, and, and to me, a good comedy show, if there's no theme to it, you almost will gravitate towards different kinds of comics and different mm. voices because now it's not repetitive. So you're trying to find the funniest of the funniest from different groups. And if you're listening to 20 different comics, at some point you're going to enjoy the different perspectives. Like you might right. have 10 hilarious, funny, aggressive white guys in a row, but by like the sixth, you're just going to go, all right, well now, even though this guy's funny... I would almost be, it would be refreshing to have somebody of that skill with a different perspective, a different style. Right. Yes. So from my perspective, as a, like I said, as a, as a person born in the late 70s to biracial parents enjoying and experiencing different cultures, that's my thing. Mm -hmm. But you're dealing with people who are, who are in the casting and the production world that tend to be still the power people, older, whiter, mailer. Mm -hmm. So like you're getting that, they have, their kind of perspective so they need festivals as much as i joke about the women in comedy festival right. and how i would never attend right uh you need that because there are people out there who are who need to be bombarded if they're going they need to see 50 women to realize that they can take four or five women and do something with them right. because they're not going to gravitate to that otherwise like the NFL, the Rooney rule, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of people will say that's stupid. You're just, you know, you want Bill Belichick to be your coach, but you're going to bring in some black guy just as a token. Right. But the flip of that is there is such an ingrained, not pre somewhat prejudice, but somewhat just not even a negative prejudice, although right. there is that too, but almost we see it's white coach, white coach, white coach. Just like when I see somebody that's not a white airline pilot, I go, whoa, a white male? I'm like, whoa, 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 what's going on here? <laughs> this right. is my life we're talking about. I don't want to be part of some experiment right now. <laughs> so who's, this, who's this chick or this, this Latin dude flying a fucking plane? Where's my, where's my 52-year-old white guy with a mustache who did 20 years in the Air Force? That's who I want flying me safely. Right. So everybody has that in them, what you're used to. Mm -hmm. So it's important, just like the Rooney Rule, what it gets is people in the conversation that weren't going to be, but that should be, and then once that keeps happening, and that's the thing with affirmative action that people mm -hmm. kind of disregard. Mm -hmm. They kind of go, hey, we're at, it's like, no, we're not at this like zero, zero game where it's like, it's over. Racism is now done. Right. Everybody's equal. That's, people want to think that and people get aggressive and think that's the case. But like, sorry, back to the really rule, it's like, you need to get some black assistant who nobody would have considered just because he didn't look the part. Not that they're actively saying, we can't have a black coach. Their just mindset is, well, for 40 years in football, I've hired white coaches. So that's what I'm used to. Right. Now you have to meet qualified people who don't fit that mold because you need to get them in the mix. You right. need to artificially bump it because there has been this disparity and this... this and also, I think that shit is part of why there's a lot of dwindling ratings and 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 people get tired and and shit gets unsuccessful because people like as much as like a certain type of person wants to only see one thing if you're catering mm -hmm. to the entire landscape of you know of people and you want to keep ratings high there is a certain like diminishing returns after a while where you're just like all right we're gonna roll out four different you know we're gonna roll out tosh jezelneck and um uh the dude from the burn jeff uh what's his name um, for us. Yeah. You roll those dudes out for an hour and a half. There's a good chance by the time people get to Jeff Ross, they're just like, all right, let me guess, mean jokes about celebrities. 
I'm done. You know, and it's right. not that he's bad, but it's like, fuck, it's been 90 minutes of this shit every night. You're, you're going to get at least sometimes sure. people are going to start turning off. And I think that is a consideration. Um, and like you said with the Rooney rule, we would have never got Mike Tomlin, who I think people agree one of the best coaches in the NFL at this point. If there's no Rooney rule, there's no Mike Tomlin. You know, like people, I remember when he got that job, everybody was like, what? He was the token dude. Like, what the fuck happened there? And then a couple Super Bowls later, like, oh, yeah, that dude's uh, pretty good. So maybe he said something. (laughs) He must have said something in the interview that worked, man. And uh, when you're bringing up affirmative action, um, it kind of reminds me of um, people want to get away with, get out of affirmative action for college enrollment and stuff. Um, But if you were to bring up, like, well, let's get away from legacy enrollment. Like, yes, doesn't matter how much your parents put into this fucking library. Uh, you gotta qualify like the next man, buddy. Mm-hmm. People would lose their shit, you know, and there's not, and that affects probably less than 1% of people, but period. They, they lose their shit privately through letters and donate, <laughs> rescinding donations. They wouldn't actually get on a blog and be like, this is an outrage. They'd just secretly do it like money works in this country. <laughs> and all of a sudden, schools would start losing funding and be like, we need to find another way around this shit. Yeah. That would be, you know, where you would, you know, where you would see the outrage in the comment section every time an affirmative action article came out. It'd be, well, what, <laughs> what about legacy enrollment? That's the same thing. You're like, it's not the fucking same idiot. Um, no, it's not. Uh, my bad, Karen. You about to say something? Yes. And uh, going back to what JL was saying and what you were saying before. Also, I think that it's a disconnect between the people that make the decisions and just the American. Um, diversity across our country is browning Mm -hmm. and when you have a lot of brown people a lot of people that you know uh, date um mixed races and all Mm -hmm. that stuff people don't want to see just a straight white male all the time and it's just one of those things where when you have that disconnect to me i think that if you get more brown people in making these executive decisions more diversity will come more women in these executive spots more like like the change will come but because it's almost like a ceiling when it comes to that Mm -hmm. and also i think for a lot of women it's almost like the female rapper has got to be insulting you have a woman out here grinding she she she's good (laughs) she's funny she makes these jokes you know she jokes about everything and then you got the girl hey hey, here's my titties hey i'm stupid i'm done hey this is what i do and next thing you know she's on comedy central and that's her album by the way (laughs) <laughs> right yes and, and you got the woman going well goddamn i'm actually good at my shit right. and this bimbo gets the job right yeah yes yeah, i mean that's something that we'll never be able to take out of any industry with women because there's always going to be that shortcut of like i'm just overtly hot and mother and it's it's like uh the hot chick uh stereotype where um if she has on glasses in a movie then she's a nerd but we're like, no, I don't like her because she's a nerd. I like her because she's a supermodel that just happens to be wearing glasses. You know, yes, it's not not the same. Right. It's not. It's actually not. I don't like nerdy women at all. I like supermodels that pretend to be nerdy women. Those are the women that I'm into. Not fucking the, the chick that's playing Dungeons and Dragons because that chick doesn't get the role on the TV show. You know, can I I, I want to say one other thing that, that this makes me think of, because when I was working for the Bronx DA's office, I remember them saying, uh, the DA was saying one of the worst things to happen to the Bronx was Co-op City, which was this kind of middle-class development mm. that, you know, with the Bronx crime rate being kind of bad, 
it attracted a lot of middle class uh, black and Latin families out of neighborhoods. So all that was left was the worst, and the people that couldn't, or the people that couldn't get out, that couldn't afford to get out, or the people that didn't want to get out. Mm. And when you have that, you lose this kind of. You know, you don't have a doctor living next to the sanitation worker anymore. Right. You have just the sanitation worker is now the, the top of the chain. And then you have a lot of unemployed people. And what kids see and what people experience now is like not a diversity and seeing yourself in different ways. Like, you know, now you just have crime reports on TV, thugs on TV and drug dealers on your corner. Mm -hmm. And that's what you, you kind of learn that. And I think I would love... If I was like a sociologist or something that got like funding from a university and wasn't completely lazy, mm -hmm. I would do a study okay. and I would want to chart what I would want to chart black people in particular from the day Barack Obama was elected president. Mm -hmm. In other words, there are like four year old kids that will be twelve years old when he leaves office. Mm -hmm. And I've always told the joke, I'm like, there's some there's some six year old walking around going, Will we ever have a white president? Right. <laughs> um, but I laugh because I think when you see those kids that might have been like five years old when Barack Obama was elected president, mm -hmm. what are they going to be doing when they go to college? Because now it's not just NBA and rap that they've seen. They have now seen for, for eight years of their formative years a black man as the president. Right. So not to say I'm not one of those, I'm not a conservative and I'm not right. one of those guys who's like, it's time to stop with the excuses. Right. But I would be very curious to see once you have that kind of decade of role model that we've never mm -hmm. seen in this country. True. You know, that it's not, it's not entertainment. It's not even an Oprah where right. at least she's like kind of somewhat substantive. Right. This is the president. This is the CEO of the country, an edu a super educated man with a, with a, with a quality family structure. Mm -hmm. Like when that is the image that people can see for a decade in, in, in the black community, I want to see if that has an effect because this country no longer looks to big issues. We need to be addressing climate change, right. but that's a big issue. We're going to wait till we're flooded like fucking Noah, mm -hmm. uh, and then the conservatives will say, well, it's God's will. And it's like, well, motherfucker, you can't have it both ways. We can't have created it and, and it be God's will at the same time. Mm -hmm. But I'd be curious to see what the effect well, you know, I, I is. Think, I uh, think it, because you know, I, that's a long-term kind of thing that we may not even be able to measure we can't measure it in Obama's presidency. Well, I think it matters. I think um, uh, it would be disingenuous for a lot of black people to pretend that it doesn't matter because um, that's the new thing is like, you know, like like Adam Silver bans a motherfucker for life and says he's going to take his uh, franchise and then 24 hours later people are like, well, he had to do it. It's no big deal. You're like, no, that's a pretty fucking big deal. Yeah, because he so, didn't have to do like, it. And I feel like we're getting jaded as a society where – people are going to be like so what does it matter it didn't change anything and i feel like nah it was probably the most the biggest change motherfuckers were crying on his inauguration day motherfuckers were crying when the announcement came uh jesse jackson was crying like this yeah. like the the shit matters and i think it matters to kids too to see that stuff um but i would i would add that i one i would like to see young white people chart it too yeah, because um, I feel like there's also been this weird backlash towards having a black president that is like it's almost like a derangement, you know, where, uh, for example, um, he was asked about uh, the Donald Sterling thing when he was in like Malawi or Malaysia or something. He was just like, yeah, that dude's racist and like that. It shouldn't be in the NBA. The NBA is 80 percent black, like the same opinion you would get from 
a, a rough 95 percent of people i think in general he just gave he's you know and they obviously asked him because he's the black president um but he's like yeah that dude's racist and uh yeah i'm sure they're gonna do something about that and you go to the comments section you go to like the fox news or whatever your tv show and it's is this a divisive statement by the president is he now making race an issue right. so like it will be interesting to see that effect on kids too to be like well do are they gonna also be like well i kind of don't want that type of criticism or that level of success because i don't want to deal with the fucking level of uh insecurity in america about a black person being black in their position you know it'd be interesting and that's the thing we we went like fox news and republicans there are great at the okay so we had 400 years of discrimination 450 years of discrimination now it's time to stop considering race now. <laughs> now that there is this, you know, 50-mile head start in a 52-mile race, time to stop using race. It's not right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like, you can't, there's got to be an easing period. You can't just, that, that's literally the analogy is perfect. I'm not the one to make it up. But it's, yeah. like, it's like there's been a huge head start in this race, and then you go, nope, you can't consider color anymore. Yeah, we're done. We're being fair. We have a we have a forty mile, and then people like to point to Oprah right. and Barack Obama and the, the exceptional, the talented tenth, and right. act like, see, what's the problem? What? We're making the, money. The new so shit they're is making money. That's like saying, that's like pointing out a headshot like a, the man, the president Goldman Sachs, uh, mm-hmm. Lloyd Blankfein, and be like, see, why can't you do that, white people? Right. Yeah. The new uh-huh. shit is like this is racist against me. Like, you know, where it's like. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, uh, with affirmative action, basically for college enrollment, uh, it got Michigan's college enrollment for black people up to 10%, uh, at its highest. And people are like, well, that is 10% of enrollment that should have went to white people. You're like, that is extremely ridiculous. Yes, that, it is. You know, that you just think default, that is where, who belongs in school or who belongs employed or who, you know, whatever. But it's, but yeah, people in, I mean, shit, the Supreme Court, not just people are like, it's time. It's over. Racism was done. We checked. Uh, we did a poll. People said they won't be racist anymore if we take this shit off. And then voter suppression laws start passing like a motherfucker. Yes, they did. I don't know why they think <laughs> but, st- states states like down here were sitting and waiting. They go, one day they're going to appeal this. And right. as soon as they do, we're going to be on it. Um, all right. Speaking of news, uh, Donald Sterling, um, he broke his silence finally, guys. He finally spoke out on the controversy. Uh, the vi- victim, Donald Sturman, victim of trusting a gold digger. Um, <laughs> yes, now that he's a victim of. I mean, if you can't cheat on your wife and trust that woman that publicly helps you cheat on your wife, who can you trust in America uh, at nobody. this point? I mean, really. Um, well, he, he finally... Well, she already posted something uh, that, that, that the, the, the senior, as I referred to on my blog, the senior citizen dumpster... She uh, she has an XO Jane blog post, the same website that brought us uh, the Rosa Parks of porn, uh, Bell Knox. Yeah, and so so th- so already it's starting the rehabilitation. This woman, she's now claiming to sort of be like, you know, not right in the head. She needs help, and yeah. she you know she thought so lowly of herself that she you know endured this this horrible racist. And I'm sitting there going. He bought you a million dollar apartment and two sports cars. Fuck right. you. Right. Yeah, I would have like, done it. You know what you're doing. You are a sellout and you are, an, you are a, 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 a willing participant well, in the selling out of, of your people. Also, like every quote from her 
it's starting to do that bell knocks thing where every quote is just pandering to feminist women to like go fight yes. on the internet like every single it's like right. i could i could be president and you know people need to understand that uh people people have issues that that go beyond this and and, and it's wrong how they demonize me and i'm just like okay you could be president i, yeah. I, I don't want get the, you get the think pieces going guys let's just get them going it's like just start churning yeah. them out because that's obviously where this is going uh donald sterling said what i thought to be the most um contrite and realistic statement okay uh that i immediately thought when um when i first heard the tape he said i wish i had paid her off that was his uh statement and i was like that makes perfect fucking sense yes it does because there's no i i told people on the show and i believe it the scenario that this tape came out in was bitch i fucking dare you sure no one gives a fuck i'm already racist everybody knows i'm racist what you think they're gonna take my team they gonna take my team? I get a new bitch in an hour. Get the fuck out of here. And then that shit leaked. And then he was like, oh, they did take my team. I wish I had just gave her the fucking money. Yep, I guarantee you. I guarantee it was less than two and a half million in, in yes. your franchise. You know? So yeah, he wish he had gave her the money, which, uh, makes sense to me. Perfect sense. Um, have you guys heard of Tao Fortgang? Mm-mm. He's the newest guy who's like, <laughs> Tal Fort Gang, T A L Fort Gang. Mm-mm. All right. Mm-mm. He's... Is he Chinese, Japanese, <laughs> Vietnamese? I don't know, man. Uh, someone told me that Tal is a Jewish name or something. Oh. I don't. I don't know if he is or not. But oh, um... Tal, yeah, it is a Jewish name. Okay. All oh, right. My bad. T A L, yeah. Yeah, 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 it is. All right. So, um, he wrote a piece uh for the for uh like the new york times i believe that was called um uh white privilege like in defense of white privilege or something like that and uh, it's been making the rounds um and people have been uh kind of upset by it um it originally appeared in the princeton the princeton tory where he goes he goes to school there um but uh he was basically saying like man um y'all can't be trying to check my privilege all the time and dismissing my opinion and um you know trying to take away from my hard work as a white man and say that uh you know just because i'm white that i'm have that i have it easier and that strips me of everything that uh you know i've earned in my life um or try to bring up you know to my you know like me personally my grandfather and stuff he wasn't necessarily the rich man handing stuff down to me so um y'all need to chill out and um to me it just comes off like a personal defense of like why he doesn't think he has white privilege which is still kind of funny because like you know they ain't printing my shit in the new york times but um it is it's also kind of kind of like um something i've been harping on for a while which is that people do get extremely dismissive of just the fact someone's a white person yeah and that and that shit ain't necessarily helpful either no, no it's not and you can't batter people into submission by just being like oh you're a white person obviously your opinion is wrong and you should only listen to me and you should not provide any input unless it's approved by me or what i tell you to say and uh yeah this, this just sounds like a dude that's tired of that shit and and now from that perspective i agree I think a lot of times uh, when people say something, instead of listening to the content of what somebody's saying, people look at the source of where it comes from and they're dismissive. And a lot of black people feel like, well, we always have been dismissed. 
but also there are white people that speak and they're valid too in their opinion and they're valid in how they feel and you can't dismiss it because you're the oppressed group Mm -hmm. you can't act like their opinion and how they feel is not valid just because it's coming from somebody who you quote unquote think um benefits from a lot of things and yes and the way our country is a lot of white people do benefit from a lot of things regardless if they're if if they have money or not but at the same time it doesn't mean that that their feelings and how they feel and how they view the world isn't valid either yeah i I mean he's a 20 year old white dude i mean it's kind of that same thing with bell knox where he's probably he's probably not newsworthy Mm -hmm. and if he and if he was like uh if he looked any different, went to a different school, was like With a different race, nobody would have read this shit. So it is kind of this implicit white privilege thing. Cause like, you know, that was the thing that got him, that bothered me about the Bell Knox shit that at, at, there was a point where I just had this realization where it's like, yeah, if she was one different thing, like not hot, uh, traditionally for white people, not white, not going to Duke, not 18. Like any of these things change and people don't give a fuck about her opinion. Like it immediately goes to the back page and it's just a, you know, that shit immediately becomes a bonus on a porn site of, Hey, and then we sat down with this porn star and she was talking some bullshit while we looked at her titties. That's what, that's what that becomes. But because she hit all those things, she was able to get her stuff, uh, put out there. And for me, that's kind of his thing. Like it, it, it's almost like the fact that this is a story confirms that white privilege is real. Cause like, Mm -hmm it's not really that like that great of an opinion Mm-mm. but at the same time i i also well, think it's, it's weird to dismiss people just because they're white like i like to listen to people and then dismiss them like oh yeah, yeah and, 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 and hear what they gotta say and, and it's almost one of those things about like uh about like rape i don't rape i don't do these things i don't benefit from it so because i don't benefit from it you know, I think a lot of people are, are taking this article and they're riding on it mm. when he's just speaking for him as an individual. Right. He's like, not his, speaking for the his, whole group. His argument doesn't actually negate white privilege. His no. argument is that his family can't had a very difficult. He had a very difficult family upbringing, not him personally, but like his grandfather and his grandmother and shit. And it's like, well, you can make an argument that because you're still got the prince in this shit that. If you hadn't have been white, then people probably wouldn't have gave you a chance on some of this shit, you know, and that, and that's a difficult thing to prove in America. But I think that, you know, uh, we've had enough uh, evidence, enough studies, enough. Hey, change this dude's resume name to Legericus. And all of a sudden he doesn't get a call back. We've had enough of that to be like, OK, yeah, there's something to it, but it's not quantifiable. So. You know, individually, he may feel that he has acquitted himself of white privilege, but it's like in general, that's not what white privilege is. It's not one guy and his Jewish background and his grandfather being killed in the in the Holocaust. It's It's not that, you know, but, uh, you know, I I think the impetus, like his general feeling of I should be able to contribute to conversations and not be dismissed just for being white. I do kind of agree with him there. I, I hate this. I hate when people do that. I hate when I see it. Well, you see it on the internet all the time. It's like, of course, the white patriarch would have this opinion. Like, well, well fuck, man. Yeah, like, are we just are we just saying there's never been a white person with a good opinion? Like, are we just gonna dumb. do that? Like, do we have to force feed them all our opinions? Like, I, you know, I'm not into that shit. Like, I, I'd rather I'd rather someone say their opinion and I go, 
well that's how that guy really feels and we can either have a discussion or not have a discussion but i know genuinely that's what he thinks then 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 the kind of cowardice that has been like kind of put into a lot of white people on the left where they i don't feel like they really respect me they just patronize me because they're just sitting there listening hoping not to fuck up and to say the right thing and i'm like that's not a friendship that's not you know what i mean like no it's okay if you fuck up a little bit we can that's what friendships are made on you know yeah and also i think we live in a society to where um a lot of white people have gotten to the point where they feel like they need to stay completely away from race and racism anything that has to do with it because i don't want to piss them negroes off i don't want to lose my job i don't want you in my mentions like like we the society has kind of went that way but at the same time I do feel as though their feelings and their opinions are valid, but also some of them are. Some of them are. Yeah, I'm just saying if you dismiss everybody, that's stupid. You can't do that. There's a ton of white people. Like you don't even have to be a dick about it. Mm -mm. There's a ton of white people that will give you an opportunity to be like, "Go fuck yourself." Yes. Just like every day, I get on the fucking Twitter, and there's some dude that's like. Uh, listen, I don't know what's wrong with you monkeys. I'm like, block, what an asshole. Yeah, nah, nah, that, you'll get, you'll nah, be able to do it. Asshole. You don't have to jump on everybody, baby. Like, it's fine. You, They'll show you their colors. Yeah, the motherfuckers jumping on like Steve Martin and Jerry Seinfeld and shit. And you're like, you don't even have to do that. They're, they're, I guarantee if you wait five minutes, someone will come along with an actual opinion that you go, this motherfucker's an, an asshole. Yes, they're out there. Believe right. me. Um, so yeah, read that, people. Um, it's time to play our games, guys. All right. It is game time with JL Covan here. The first game that we play is a little game called, uh, fucking with black people. So here we go. We're just fucking with them black people. We're just fucking with them blacks. We're just fucking with, fucking with black people. That's right, guys. It's time to play Fucking With Black People, the game where we get articles from all around the globe, and we rate them from 0 to 100 in intervals of 25 for Fucking With Black People. Today's contestants are uh, this Jer- Jeremy Clarkson and uh, the NAACP. The NAACP is on. They've been making the rounds a lot lately. Well, I feel like you're thinking about, I don't, wait, did we play this on Balls Deep, this clip with uh, Leon? I, I don't know. Or was this on the regular show? No, I haven't heard this. Okay. All right. So let's start with um, Jeremy Clarkson. Okay. Jeremy Clarkson apparently is the Top Gear presenter. Uh, Top Gear is a show about cars and shit. Um, and there was a video of him uh, saying the N-word a bunch of times. Uh, and he now begs viewers forgiveness uh, about after he appeared to use the N-word during filming in his BBC program, Top, Top Gear. So this is overseas. Uh, Europe in a video statement posted online on Thursday he said that he had tried to obscure the word when reciting any meeny miny mo the nursery rhyme mm-hmm. uh which you know if you're black uh you don't know the the white version which oh. is catch a nigger by his toe which oh is, my yeah mm-hmm, yeah that used uh. to be, yeah oh the JL didn't even know I'm surprised <laughs> <laughs> My Irish mom said, "Catch a tiger." Yeah, uh, so did mine. I guess uh, I was the. <laughs> I guess I'm the only one that knew that. Like this, that this used to be uh, catching nigger by the toe. Oh my! Yeah, yeah. White people were evil. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's just, that was a time period of time. 
um clarkson had uh previously issued a robust denial of the allegation telling his 3.2 million twitter followers i did not use the n-word never use it the mirror has gone way too far this time but footage of the incident why do we ever do this when there's footage just come clean man (laughs) footage and tape yeah they're going to put the footage out you know it's like when um jeremy or richie incognito was like I didn't do that. And they were like, okay, this is play the voicemail. He's like, oh, that. I, I did do that. Oh, wait a minute. Okay, that. See, I thought y'all was talking about the other thing. Um, I did call that dude a half nigger, and I apologize. Oh, Lord. Um, so uh, they put out the video, I mean, the uh, footage, and he recites the beginning of a children's nursery rhyme, eeny, meeny, mighty mo, before apparently mumbling, catching near by his toe. <laughs> I bet you that's about how he said it, too. I like I like that, that, that it didn't count if you mumbling. He's like, nah, I'm on with that. See, that's different. Well, he might even feel like a rap song. Like, he's singing the lyrics. He knows the lyrics. So he's, he, he doesn't want to, like, look like a coward and not say it. But he wants to show respect and deference yes. by being like, it's part of the song. I'm not trying to say it. But, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. yeah, later in the video, he can be seen singing, Jigga, my, <laughs> Uh, he, his apology came after a day of growing calls from B, for BBC to fire him, uh, which is always the best time to apologize. The corporation issued a strongly worded statement saying that he will be set, he has set out the background of, to his incredible episode. We have made it absolutely clear to him the standards of BBC expects on air and off air. And we have left him in no doubt about how seriously we view this. Um, Downing Street condemned any use of the word saying that David Cameron, a friend of Clarkson's, would certainly not use it. Is David Cameron black? I have a feeling David Cameron's black. I feel I like. What black dude in the office? I feel like if I Google this, I'm gonna see pictures of David Cameron being black or some shit. Oh, thank God he's a white man. Woo! Oh, Woo! I thought they might have tried it out that black friend thing, man. It's like, well, that black dude wouldn't use it, so I don't even think a white man should be able to. Um, but yeah, they said this other white dude definitely wouldn't use it. Uh, Aliyah Muhammad, the chief executive of Race Equality First, called for immediate action from BBC. Race Equality First? That is a new one. Uh, she said, I am appalled at yet another open display of racism from Clarkson. How many racist comments will BBC allow from the presenter? It makes me question whether Clarkson feels it would be acceptable because he thinks viewers and others within the BBC uh, share his views. Racism is illegal and has no place in modern society. I urge as many people as possible to show their condemnation of this abhorrent display of racism. Racism is illegal? Uh, apparently. I don't, I don't think she knows the law. Mm-hmm. Uh, public personality should set an example to viewers, and Clarkson is clearly a very bad example. Uh, that's the case. A lot of folks would be in jail. Yeah, and I, I didn't know the BBC was um, – anti-racists because if you search bbc on google man you guys don't want to know it comes up man it's uh oh, it's not I just tv think i want to know sound like something sexual yeah anyway man i'll give this dude only 25 oh what bbc C- stand for big colored cocks big colored cock that's bcc oh first my, of all, my, and that stands <laughs> for blind carbon copy no big colored cocks that's bcc oh bcc <laughs> I'm terrible, my bad. That is, <laughs> You're going different. You could just say big black cock. Yeah. Thank you. Right yeah, it was right in front of you, literally. <laughs> uh, I missed that one. Someone report that. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, so uh, I give this dude only a 25 because I don't think he wanted no problems. This was not bold yeah. in your face racism. I think he started singing this nursery rhyme from the time he was that when child. he was a little kid. And this is what you used to say back in his day. 
and he got caught on camera and he tried to fix it but it was too late it's mm. like if i was rapping a biggie line and then my mom walked in you know what i mean i'd be like oh yeah duh, oh shit i shouldn't have said that i think he got caught out there he tried to pull it back he tried to deny it that's why i'm giving him the 25 because he should have known it was gonna come out <laughs> yeah especially on tape yeah he shouldn't have lied but then uh he apologized so i gotta only give him a 25 this ain't even that racist man sorry mm-hmm. uh lastly uh in the guest in the uh uh fucking with black people the la naacp was going to give <laughs> they were going to give donald sterling his second lifetime achievement award number two yeah you, he's lived enough for long enough for two people <laughs> right this Maybe. dude in la by the way is like the clay davis of the naacp yeah <laughs> the, the guy in the la chapter like this dude I, I can't wait to hear the number on this because this dude is like unbelievable yeah he he by the way his his i feel like i feel like he got the job because his name is the blackest name in la it's leon it's leon leroy jenkins yes like you don't get no blacker than that i think you have to be the head of the naacp in la with that name i don't think you get a choice you forced your way to leadership yeah they're just like oh obviously you know but um let me let me play the audio because there's a press conference of him oh um, lord (laughs) yeah there's a press conference of him talking about this let me turn the volume up a little bit yeah he had everybody with that jericho juice oh you can have it here we go oh by the way his edge up is not right and that alone makes me not trust a black man. Like, oh lord! Anytime your hair edge up is all lopsided and shit, I'm like, that something's wrong. May have made comments in a phone conversation that was reminiscent of the ugly time in American history that contained elements of segregation and racial discrimination. <clears throat> demands that the Los Angeles NAACP uh, intention to honor Mr. Sterling for a lifetime body of work must be withdrawn. And the donation that he's given to the Los Angeles NAACP will be returned. <clears throat> there is a personal, economic, and social price that Mr. Sterling must pay for his attempt to turn back the clock on race relations. Given Mr. Sterling's track record as a landlord, particularly among African Americans, given the Elgin Baylor lawsuit, why was the NAACP honoring him? The first thing is that uh, when the NAACP found out about the lawsuits, the NAACP called Mr. Sterling up and said, if there is any of the allegations in that lawsuit that is true, you need to pay those people. You need to make amends. And that case was settled. What was the criteria used to nominate Mr. Sterling for this recognition? This year. Well, what we do, we look at uh, the body of work that he's done. And, and, what, and what we specifically looked at, we looked at all of the uh, sports franchises in L.A. We look at all uh, of uh, the, the, dollars. Mo- the money that he has coming in. And, uh, yeah, we look then at we the, look at the our body bills. of the dollars. Yeah, we look at our bills. and uh, We look at all the Abraham Lincolns. <laughs> we see if those match up. and all maybe All the Ben Franklin's. We can introduce them to each other, uh, his dollars to our bills. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we look at our garage and see if there's any empty spots for cars. And uh, that is a qualification for uh, this award. The Dodgers, the Lakers, uh, even uh, the Angels, uh, the Red Wings, and the Ducks. And we look at how involved are all these organizations are in the community. 
Mr. Sterling organization has on a consistent basis brought in numerous minorities and inner city kids to games. Almost every game, there is a section where there are young people there. He also uh, has, over the years we looked at, contributed to a lot of minority uh, charities, including the NAACP. So we looked at concurrent... Wait, that's not some type of weird, like, time loop situation where you're considering his donations to you as part of why... He's getting the Lifetime Achievement Award. He's telling the truth. Like, like I really <laughs> believe they bought Leon, Lenny, Jenkins, Johnson up there and was like, uh, speak to him. And he ain't had nobody write nothing now. He's like, I'm going to tell him the truth. I I, mm-hmm. I just feel like that's not, that somehow that doesn't make sense. Like, it would be like saying someone won a Lifetime Achievement Award at the Oscars because they presented at the Oscars a whole bunch of times. You know, like. That's not what the award is for. <laughs> he didn't, the award is for achievement in movies, not... He giving us money, so he got the award. He, he paid for it. This this guy um, at the Ben NAACP, not, not, to, not to make Sterling, you know, Sterling still the big villain, yeah. but I was reading an article about the, the guy at the LA NAACP branch, and he was disbarred in Michigan for taking, as like a judge, he was a judge taking bribes. Mm. And and he hasn't been reinstated to the bar because they don't think he's like sufficiently like rehabilitated himself. He's failed twice to get admitted, I think, to the California bar, and they're not admitting him for like ethical reasons, not because he hasn't passed the bar, but they're like, we don't think your character <laughs> is sufficient. And I don't know how this guy's in the leadership. That's right. What I'm and then, to say. So this guy definitely, I guarantee, I can't guarantee because I don't know, but my my instinct tells me here's two million dollars for the uh, los angeles branch the NAACP, and here's a little five hundred thousand for my good friend uh, leroy tyrone uh <laughs> 70s black exploitation named jenkins <laughs> yeah. like yeah i, wow. I just that man lined his pockets donald sterling definitely made a private payment to 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 uh to Mr. Jenkins. Yeah, it seems like it seems like a shakedown or like a you know, hey, you need a black friend, call us. It's we'll... very Clay Davis esque. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he definitely. Took now you me. need to do something for the black community, so I would like to help you help yourself. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> I want to help you help me. With all of the other uh, L.A. franchises, uh, his organization gave more money to the community to the to the uh, minority community than the others. If you look at the content, and, and the one thing you do have to consider is that it was a private conversation, but notwithstanding that fact, the words used were very Jim Crowish. Uh, it goes back to a segregation system and, and, and a, a time that nobody in America is proud of. And I think when you say things like that, you have to pay a price. And that price is $2 million to to, the NAACP and $500,000 to me privately. That is the price for saying racist shit. Those kind of things. They made them step down. Demonstrate, if it's possible, that that's not who you are. So it was devastating. It's off the scale. Yes. All right. So he was um, actually. um, uh, He was forced to resign. Uh, so, but I'm gonna give this guy a hundred. I am too. And my thing is this: Who in the NAACP was supposed to do the background check on this dude? 
he probably started the shit himself karen oh he probably yeah, <laughs> started I, the chapter yeah i doubt that he like joined up he probably yeah, i'm about to say no nobody checked your background because you can you can start a local chapter to naacp if you don't have one or you know, pay yeah, I think Subway franchises keep a tighter eye on their on their stores. Yeah, this than is this. this guy should have never. This is insane. I, yeah, uh, do you give the numbers or can we give numbers too? Oh, you I can would, give. Oh, I would second your hundred. Yeah, yeah, you can give. Yeah, I will take uh the, your hundred and uh yeah, it's definitely a hundred. I I believe. I don't think. I mean, because in the light of this, no, yeah, go ahead, Sorry. go ahead, Jail. Well, I'm just gonna say, like, I posted a, a blog last week, like, a, you know, right after the Sterling thing, I said that the title was Fox News, uh, offers, offers anchor spot to Donald Sterling. And I then wrote, like, but the, the NAACP thing gave great cover to the few conservative friends I had, you know, cause I made, you know, I was obviously making a Republican joke cause he's a registered Republican. So my fr- friend first points out, oh, he's a registered Democrat. I was like, no, that was a lie put out by right-wing media. The LA Times, which is a conservative, fairly conservative paper, says, in fact, he's a registered Republican. Then the next thing that he posted was, well, I'll be curious to see what the next move for the man honored by the NAACP as man of the year. And I was like, see, you know, some rogue motherfucker gave like an argument, like a talking point, to like distract from the fact that this guy is an old racist Republican. Mm. <laughs> so I give him 110 for ruining my blog comments. <laughs> <laughs> he gets 10 extra points. Man, that dude, uh, that's amazing. Just, uh, that's amazing. Uh, and I also love that he said, when we found out about the discrimination, the guy we gave a lifetime achievement award, we called him and told him he should pay those people. <laughs> that like that fixes that issue like he did us like he did us all right man let's play our other game karen uh, we gotta get jl out of here in a few um it's time to play guess the race cool. um where's my music now that it's time for some guess the race that's right it's guess the race time now that it's time for some guess the race that's right it's guess the race time but it but that's right, it's time for Guess the Race, the number one game show going across all of podcast land, where we read or play news articles from all over the globe, and we have our contestant today, J.L. Covan from the Righteous Prick Podcast, Guess the Race, and the chat room plays along, and they are quite racist. Yes, quite they are. racist. Mm. All right, here's the first one, guys. A judge set bail for $1 million for a pregnant woman accused of fatally stabbing her boyfriend at their southwest side home after they fought because the man didn't buy her anything when he went at the shopping mall. Oh. Mm-hmm. Judge Maria Cariaco Cecil set the bail for Miata Thielen, 24, who was charged with first-degree murder. The visibly present, uh, the visibly pregnant Thielen uh was a who appeared in court today wearing pink sweatpants with black stripes a pink top and a black leather jacket allegedly plunged a ah! allegedly plunged a knife into larry martin's left flank in april on april the 30th martin's a flank flank his side okay i'm about to say a piece of steak we did this is not the same mm-hmm. uh that that piece of steak would be from the side of a person uh, of a cow ah! Uh, Martin, 28, is the father of her unborn child, and they live together. Before sta- the stabbing happened, Feeling, uh, Martin's, uh, and Martin's eight-year-old son, 
and 25 year old cousin a man went shopping at a shopping mall on the way home feeling accused martin of being selfish because he bought things for his cousin and son but not for her Mm, sounds like she need to call he better call tyrone i feel like that's the exact plot to erica badu's tyrone um runk said feeling struck martin while he was driving almost causing an accident oh that's when you know a woman is mad yeah she was like i really wanted that goddamn ice cream staff 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 and after feeling drove to martin's mother's home to drop off shoes for martin's brother she kicked and scratched martin before driving away in his car leaving martin oh. leaving martin his eight-year-old and martin's cousin outside that is petty as shit the three wow. The three walked to the couple's nearby apartment where Phelan arrived about the same time. She and Martin began arguing and she locked the three outside. Martin banged on the door until she opened it and once inside, Phelan stabbed Martin in his side with a knife. The boy entered the apartment directly behind Martin, saw Phelan stabbing him. The cousin heard Martin scream in pain and ran into the apartment. The cousin applied pressure to the wound and helped his, him outside to the sidewalk where he collapsed. Um, and the cousin called 911. Maybe she can, like, say it's pregnant hormones. Yeah. Pregnant rage. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a new defense. We had black rage already. I feel like pregnant rage is going to be a new defense in the court. Uh, Runk said that Martin's eight-year-old saw that feeling at, oh, wait, Martin said, Runk said Martin's eight-year-old saw feeling and she stood over him on the sidewalk screaming, this is what you get for messing with me. I hope you die, motherfucker. Oh. Oh, uh, yeah. Jesus, it's like she really... Well, now I have a question. I got to interrupt you because you said motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Now, that sounds distinctly black, but mm-hmm. if she, it, it, what if she had said motherfucker? Mm. Now, that sounds white. Well, this is the Does way... Say, I read... It, say with an, uh, it doesn't... It just says blank, 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 but I read it uh, the way I say stuff. <laughs> that, that way to get... <laughs> got to make sure the guests don't get any clues. Um... Martin was gotcha. Martin was taken to Advocate Christ Medical Center on Oak Lawn, where he was pronounced dead. Assistant Public Defender Lisa Breen said Feeling is a lifelong resident of Chicago who is eight classes away from receiving a bachelor's degree in public relations from Columbia College in Chicago. Breen said she is pregnant with the victim's child and surrendered herself to police. Feeling looked back at least twice towards the gallery during the court proceedings at her sister, Arnesia Feeling who stood up and stared at her behind a glass partition of the gallery. I just let her see my face, her sister said outside the courtroom, tears streaming down her face. Arnisha of Moline, or Moline, I don't know how you pronounce that, claimed that Martin had been physically abusing her sister, but she only recently found out when the 24-year-old canceled her baby shower this past Sunday, said the sister. We knew something was wrong, Arnisha feelings added. Her sister didn't seem like herself lately. Her sister, so it sounds like she didn't tell anybody about this. And she just canceled the baby shower and then was like, see y'all in court? Apparently so. Oh, man, what a, ah! what a terrible way to find out someone's accused of murder. Um, your sister, who's <laughs> pregnant, you know? How about, like, oh, yeah, by the way, baby shower canceled. Um, but y'all can come see me at the courtroom yeah, here's an Monday at 8. So. <laughs> I got an invitation I to might my had a baby there. Here you go. Here's an invitation to my trial. Bring um gifts. Her sister said their family hadn't even met Martin, even though they lived together. She was excited about being pregnant. Brian said Phelan suffered from a swollen face, and the judge offered ordered Phelan to be held at 
uh hospital Freeman has a prior misdemeanor condi- conviction for obstructing identification prosecutor said jail guess the race of uh mrs what is her first name uh miata feeling m-i-a-t-a feeling p-h-e-l-a-n um i find this to be a tough one because uh i was wavering back and forth as i listened i'm going to say even though the chat room is going to disagree with me i'm going to go with uh i'm going to go with white all right the chat room says one who rocks rough and stuff with her afro puffs rage pregnant uh-huh. rage Chi-town stabber whose ancestors were mississippi cotton pickers oh my uh named after a car black and pregnant rage will not work with a black defendant leon leroy jenkins daughter oh prepartum depression <laughs> prepartum depression suffering black piccaninny southwest side black and black correct answer is. is black yeah the crowd got it right and jl's the only one who missed it the the giveaway clue the giveaway clue there was her sister's name is arnesia that was the giveaway clue jl arnesia that was where you lost it i gotta i have to say though um not i I have been missing some details with some choppiness oh not that i'm gonna blame it on that but i agree that would be a good clue (laughs) oh yeah i could have hung up and called you back man uh hold on let me let me do that real quick only take a second um Yeah. yeah man definitely want jl to be able to hear the uh the whole thing yeah yes. man see that cost him yo yo jail you there how we sound now i'm back but yes this the system seems to be the obvious giveaway at this point yeah our needs no, stupid it's all right man don't worry about it let's go to the to the next round man so we can get you out of here um <clears throat> Double the points and the race. Double the points and the race. That's right, it's double the points, double the racism in the bonus round of Guess the Race. JL Covan is 0 for 1, the rest of the chat room is 1 for 1. You can get back in it. But let's see if uh, the choppiness hurts them this time. Here we go. Um, <laughs> a Phoenix woman was arrested Tuesday on suspicion of conspiring to have sex with a horse on Craigslist. Oh my! The woman who identifies as nice. trans, yeah, mm-hmm. the woman who identifies as transgender, was identified in the police report as 22-year-old Donald Wild, posted an ad on Misconnection section of Phoenix Craigslist on April the 8th. I am 22 years old and I want to play with a male horse. Simple as that. If you have access to a male horse, then contact me, please. Winky face. I will do something in return. The post said. Uh, the ad caught the eye of another Craigslist user who reported it to the Maricopa County uh, Sheriff's Office. Undercover police officers contacted Wild, who told them that she wanted to perform oral sex on the horse and agreed to meet the officers. Police arrested and charged Wild with conspiracy to commit bestiality. Um, so uh, this is the fourth bus, uh, bestiality bus stemming from Craigslist since 2011. JL guessed the race of Donald Wald. It's, I mean, it's white. It's, it's just not, it, it can't be anything but white. <laughs> All right. Let's check the chat room, see what they believe. Horse fucker, white. 
Oh my. White who probably went black but now needs more of a challenge. Uh, the horse was uh black but the person was white. <laughs> uh Adam Sandler and Jack and Jill doing Mr. Ed crossover. Oh. <laughs> definitely be a, a a cum shot on his face. Uh Wizite. Animal lover white chalk and porcelain. The correct answer, answer is, is <laughs> white. <laughs> Everyone got that. I remember that one time we had that black dude that fucked that horse and it fucked. I was shocked. The whole chat room was wrong. Everyone was like, the fuck? I need to see a picture. All right. <clears throat> Sword ratching this time. This is the last thing. Um, apparently in Dubai, a truck do- driver who found a massage card on his windshield and doubted for a masseuse, told a court he ended up being attacked by two men with a sword and a baseball bat. You just go there for a little rubby tuggy. Next thing you know, two oh dudes hopping out with swords and shit. The 30-year-old Indian driver, KS, said that a Chinese woman answered the phone and guided him to a massage parlor in an in international city. I went there and knocked on the door several times. When nobody answered, I left. I was walking towards my truck when two men blocked my way and attacked me with a sword and a baseball bat for unknown reasons. An Emirati soldier who happened to be driving on the street where the alleged assault took place called the police. According to prosecution records, CCTV caught five men walking out of the building and chasing KS prior to assaulting him. Two men were seen carrying a sword and a baseball bat. Police identified one of the men as 28-year-old Vietnamese carpenter LT, who was arrested. I guess they don't give full names here. Prosecutors accused LT <laughs> of running a brothel and bringing in clients to the massage parlor that was advertised on a card found by KS. Yes, I'm guilty. I did run a brothel and brought in clients to the flat, said LT, before the Dubai court of uh, first instance on Monday. What do you request from the court? Presiding Judge Orphan Omar asked the subject. Uh, the suspect, he said, I want to return to Vietnam. I'm seeking leniency. You can do that? Yeah. No. I, I pimp these bitches and I'm running this whole house and I try to kill people, but can you just send me home? Cause like, that's what I really would like is just to go back home instead of the prison where I probably belong. <laughs> no. Uh, prosecutor said LT ran a brothel with two other suspects who remain at large. Regular show said that Vietnamese suspect and his accomplices flew in Vietnamese women to work in the parlor as prostitutes and brought clients there as well. Court records have shown the prosecutors are investigating the sword and baseball attack in a separate case. Must watch the raid. The Indian driver <laughs> testified that the incident happened when he went to have dinner at a restaurant. When I returned to my truck, I found a massage parlor card left on the windshield. I dialed the number and asked the woman who replied if they had women available. She said, yes, gave me directions. When no one answered the door, I went back. Then I was insulted, assaulted. Some of my, some of the bystanders intervened to save me from the assailants who absconded. So they raided the brothel and arrested LT. The driver identified on the police lineup. Um, all right, man. That's, that's been it for this time of, uh, the Blackout Tips podcast. Mm-hmm. Make sure you support our sponsor, Adam and Eve. Make sure you support JL Covan, man. Y'all, please do. YouTube.com mm-hmm. slash JL Covan. Like his YouTube. Like his YouTube. Follow him on Twitter at JL Covan. Go to his website, jlcovan.com. He has some of the best blog posts out there, man. So if you guys want to read some funny stuff from mm-hmm. like, you know, whether it's like, uh, current events on the road. Uh, stuff going on in his life. Can I make one plug? Yeah, yeah, of course. Just, I, I forgot. Uh, this week, uh, since I know I've I've gotten some some interest from some of your listeners from the south, I will be at Good Nights Comedy Club in Durham, North Carolina, uh, featuring 
from Thursday the 8th through Saturday the 10th. Yeah, and we are so planning on, on going coming. to see him. Yeah, so. we're, we're coming to see oh, you. Fantastic. So, uh, and I know yeah. we got, uh, I know Nick Jew's coming. Maybe Lena Brothers. Yeah, yeah, so we're gonna try to, uh, get a, get a group of people to go yeah. out there and see. So if y'all uh, in that area this weekend, we will, we will be there. Yep. So, um, yeah, make sure you support that man because he's very funny. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when he's. Somebody's saying it's in Raleigh. Uh, but according, I think, to their website, it says Durham, Durham. North Carolina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like side by side. Yeah. yeah. They're really close. So, uh, yeah, but make sure you guys go check them out if you get a chance because we'll be there. And, um, you know, we oh, got to keep. I'm sorry. I said Raleigh. It's, uh, it is Raleigh. That guy's, okay. that guy's right. Uh, oh, okay. okay. Well, check, uh, check, make sure you check it out because, uh, we'll be there. And like I said, we need to support them. Um, you know, we gotta, we gotta find a way to keep him from quitting comedy, man. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. He's talking about it every five minutes and it's starting to make me nervous and shit. No, we, we good. We gotta show you. We support you if you come down here. Yeah. So, all right, man. We'll be back tomorrow at nine. Uh, no guests tomorrow. Just us. So, uh, we'll talk to you guys, uh, then until, uh, tomorrow. I love you. I love you too, baby. Mwah.